Welcome to The Well Podcast, a safe place to find health and wholeness for your body, mind, and heart. My name is Kari Davis, growing up a pastor's daughter, being widowed at 38 with three little kids, being betrayed by those close to me, and now blending my family with a man that made my heart come back to life. I know that life can change and get derailed, but come to The Well, our online wellness collaborative where you will find restoration through wellness, inner healing, faith, and freedom. In the Bible, the woman at the well went for water, but when Jesus showed up with truth and healing, she got living water. So grab your bucket, a cup will not do, and join me at the well. It's time to refill, reset, and restore. Welcome back to the Well Podcast. We are going to start the new year with so, so many wonderful stories. I'm so excited to meet a new friend of mine. Her name is Erica Diaz Castro. Her podcast is Her Renewed Strength, and that is what she has for you today through biblical wisdom. She helps women get rid of anxiety and plan their life, but really, really focusing on the truths in God's word. And so you're going to be renewed in your strength today. So Erica, thank you for being on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Did you have a good, a good, um, end of the 2022? Are you ready for 2023? Yeah, I did. And the Lord was like showing me over the course of a few months that I needed to incorporate rest, not necessarily in like a day of the week, but like built into every day. And I see now why, because the things that are forecasted for 2023, I'm like, Oh, that's so, that's so big. You know, (laughs) you're going to be busy. Have you ever read, um, sacred rest by Sandra, Sandra Dalton Smith? No, I haven't, but I will absolutely look it up. Is it on audible? I believe so. I have the hard copy, but I'm pretty sure. And I follow her Instagram, but I read that we did a wellness summit at the well, um, almost two years ago now. And I had just read that and it really, really changed everything for me. Cause it was Mm -hmm. just like that, not just talking about sleep or taking a nap, but in all aspects of your life. And it was really, really powerful. So tell us about you. Let my audience get to know you. You have a very powerful story. So start at the beginning and give us the, the overview version. Oh my gosh. Okay. I gave, I gave you a crazy look with my eyes that our listeners can't see (laughs) because the beginning is it's so, there are so many valleys and mountaintops, um, in my testimony. So I'll give the cliff notes version as best I can. Um, I grew up in a home with two loving parents and they both love the Lord. Their expression of their faith was different. My mom is Catholic. My dad is Pentecostal and, you know, my dad didn't go to church growing up because he had like a falling out with a pastor. And then he, he like swore off all churches after that. But my mom did go to church and we were in Catholic school all our lives. So when I learned about Jesus, you know, I had a healthy understanding of who Jesus is. I just had a blend of like the Catholic and the the Christian tradition coming together. Um, and so I think as far as like, having been exposed to 
who God is, I knew who God was. I can't say with certainty that I actually knew him for myself. I just kind of knew about him. Mm -hmm. And as I grew up, I became more and more rebellious. And I was always an athlete. I was always really on top of my academics. And I was kind of naturally, not that I tried to be popular, but I got along with everyone. So I fit into all the friend groups. So um, I look back and I see that when I like transitioned out of being a jock, I went into being on the social scene and it was driven by the desire to just be more uninhibited. And a lot of my friends partied and a lot of my friends knew people who had a lot of really quote unquote good parties. So I started getting into drugs and alcohol really young, like 15. Mm. And, um, you know, my family is huge. My mom is one of nine. My dad is one of 12. So they grew up not having a lot, you know, and my mom and dad wanted us to have the best as much as we could. And I went to an all girls private Catholic high school, um, you know, top three school for the sport that I played and a lot of affluence. And so with that came girls who were at home and their parents were like traveling for work and their caretakers were not observing them too closely. So that's how I ended up being in all these places. And my mom, God, she, God bless her. She's like so sweet. And so she never was like that ever. She wanted to actually be a nun. And then mm-hmm. the Lord introduced her to my dad. So <laughs> that's like the opposite story of me. <laughs> and so she didn't think that like high school kids party. Right. And so when I would go to my friend's houses and stuff, she didn't think that like anything except like studies and like boy talk was going on, but it was, it was a lot more than that. And so, um, in college, I kind of fell away from the Lord. And so I would say that I wanted to love the Lord before that. And then I didn't really have this relationship and college, you know, I, I kind of felt like I was in this like spiritual experience that was very scary and I cast off all like religion after that and from there life was very tumultuous like my health was crazy I went through things that were super unexpected and um not really typical for young people to go through in terms of health and then in 2012 which was a couple of years after college um, I was dating my husband for a couple years at that time. And I remember thinking tomorrow, it was Christmas Eve. I was thinking tomorrow is uh, Christmas. It's Jesus birthday. And it was the first time I thought of it in that way. And it suddenly hit me like a ton of bricks. Like I have been denying you all these years and I'm so sorry on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Yeah. And And then, so I told you it's very up and down. So right after that, I knew that I was like unhappy in that relationship. And I ended up breaking up with my husband. He was so mad at me. And um, I just needed to like, quote unquote, find myself. And what I ended up finding was the new age, but I didn't know it was the new age. Mm. And all these things happened. And um, drug use and alcohol use, it just like, was at an all-time high at that time I was like 24 and it was so weird because it's like I wanted to know God and I wanted to be 
submissive in a way, even though that wasn't the way that I grew up and that wasn't like my history. But I was then exposed to all of these new age type, you know, things, thinking and books and people and practices. And and I didn't know that that's what it was, but our culture has so readily adopted all of this that it was disguised as like positivity and wellness and all of these things that are very deceptive. So took a couple years and um, including a same-sex relationship, which is a different story, but the Lord brought me out of it and my desires, my affections began to change. And I remember my aunt reaching out to me at the end of 2014. So random because she doesn't call me. She doesn't text me nothing. She's like, hey, I'm going to church. Do you want to come? I was like, okay, pick me up. So she goes um, to this church that ends up being around the corner from my apartment at the time. So I'm like, oh, okay. It's like super close. Let me see if I like it. I end up loving it. But I was like feeling this resistance in me. And again, like I wanted to know God, but I didn't know how. And, you know, it had taken a long time to get back in church, like years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And I didn't read the Bible and I didn't know what they were talking about. I knew it sounded great, but I was like, what does it mean for me? And I just kept going back. And on the third time I raised my hands and surrender and accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, like formally, like declared that prayer. And um, after that, things started to change. I, I started reading the Bible. That was 2015. And I committed to the Bible in a year plan. And every time I interacted with someone who like knew the Bible or was like memorizing scripture, I was so inspired by that. And I would ask God, like, can you please give me a desire to, to do these things? Because it just seems like there's so much good that comes out of it. And so little by little, he sure did. And at the end of the Bible in a year plan, you know, December 31st comes around and I've always been very goal oriented, very organized. And, and I like to reflect and go deep with myself. And I was asking the Lord, like, what do you want me to do? Cause I, I really want to study more and I don't know where to go. And I end up finding a podcast. Um, and it was like just a few verses each day. And I would listen to the podcast every day and go through the different books of the Bible studying on my own. And I always journaled and I always was a writer. I had a blog when the internet started and like grew mm -hmm. with all the platforms. So it was always kind of in me to like express myself with words. And so I started just journaling my prayers. And if I had questions about scripture, I would journal them. And it just became a really, really nice practice. And again, little by little, the Lord was just refining me and sanctifying me. And the Holy Spirit was working in really cool ways in my relationships and in my, my relationship with my husband, because we ended up getting back together at the end of that year, just before I had gotten invited to church. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, there was all these things happening and that two-year gap between my husband and I breaking up and getting back together, it was very unexpectedly chaotic and it just revealed a lot about me including my real need for god and 
I have been running after him ever since. And, you know, my husband and I ended up getting married. And at that time already, I was saved, which was really beautiful. So we get married in 2016. And I'm studying the word. And I'm, I think in my mind that I'm on fire for God. And then I get diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And it was only five weeks after we got married. So I was filled with all these questions like are you gonna take me from him god is he gonna be a widower like what he wants kids i can't like am i gonna be able to do this for him you know and all these questions that start coming up and um and then you you doubt god at that point like so so the the crazy thing is i didn't like i even when i got the diagnosis it was from my doctor my surgeon who did the surgery and i kind of always knew it was cancer um i was in a season of depression and anxiety leading up to the diagnosis so in a way i was kind of relieved that i had a formal like a, a proper issue, right? I I put that in air quotes, but like, I wouldn't admit that I was depressed and I was having a hard time understanding anxiety because I was still fiddling with drugs and it kind of pacified me whenever I felt anxious. Mm -hmm. So with the diagnosis, I was in like a post-op appointment and my surgeon comes in and he's like checking the sutures. I had like a bad reaction to adhesive tape. So he's like checking that. And he says, have you talked to your doctor? Like super rushed and kind of worry sounding. And I was like, Nope, I'm on my lunch break. So I was just hoping to get out of here pretty quickly, you know? And he's like, no, 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 you need to talk to her like right now. So he's trying to get her on the phone. Um, and he comes back and he's like, I can't get her on the phone, but you're pathology came back and it's showing Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I was, I knew what that was because my cousin had been diagnosed with that as a youngster. And I had another cousin who had that diagnosis um, in Puerto Rico. And I was like, okay. And I had taken some medical terminology classes because I thought about going pre-med when I was younger. So I knew what that meant. And um, I remember him just saying, stay here. And he left me alone in the room. And again, I'm on my lunch break thinking he's just going to check my stitches. So he leaves me alone. And I felt so held in that moment. Like I felt at peace. I felt really like God was giving me a hug. And I just prayed. I remember texting my husband too. And looking back, I, I can admit that it was a very morbid, very, I shouldn't have texted this, but I just texted. It was just like, it's cancer. (laughs) I didn't say anything else. Um, But it was one of those things where my tendency would have been to overthink. And in that moment, I didn't. So he comes back and he has my doctor on the phone. She's in jury duty. So she's like, I can't talk for long. I took the call because they know I'm a doctor. And she tells me, like, she runs down, like, what she thinks treatment's going to be like. And she's like, make an appointment with my office. I'll see you next week. I was like, all right, cool. So on the way back to work, I had that moment of like, why? You know, I remember just like literally crying out in my car. I remember I was on Civic 
in Wana Creek, California. It's like this major roadway where I'm like crossing the intersection, like screaming at God. Mm. And um, I was, I was good after that. Like I did, I can see how the anxiety I struggled with manifested because then I went into research mode. But after that, I ran after God and it just was this thing that led me to really question where I was putting my trust. And I remember saying no to chemo and radiation. And it was really my, my husband who encouraged me to consider slowing down. Cause I was like getting booked into surgery and getting booked into chemo and having radiation, you know, conversations. And, and I ended up calling on a Monday and I'm like, Hey, I got diagnosed three days before Christmas. So on like Christmas Eve, I'm calling all these doctors and and their secretaries and scheduling people. And I'm like, hey, I know you guys have me booked for all these things, but I'm going to cancel. And they're like, do you know what that means? And I was like, yeah, yeah. I prayed about it. Like, I'm good. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> they're like, no, no, no. We're going to have the doctor call you. I'm like, no, no, no. It's cool. You don't. I'll talk to them when I talk to them. Like, it's all good, you know? And, um, so I decided any treatment. So I decided to manage it naturally. And I did that for four years. And during that time, the Lord was doing a really huge work in me. And, um, he, he allowed me to get pregnant and I can, you know, I got pregnant twice. I have two healthy kids. And in the middle of 2020, I became pregnant with my husband, uh, my second child, my son. And then that's when the cancer spread. So my agreement with my doctor was that as long as it didn't spread, I wouldn't do chemo. But if it spread, I'd be responsible and like pursue treatment, the conventional route. And so that's what ended up happening. So 2021, I delivered my son early and then I ended up getting chemo, no radiation, thank God. And um went through the things that I needed to go through. And that year I had chosen a word surrender. And I basically just like gave up everything. And I was like, God, I'll only pick something up if you tell me to. And so that's how I started making decisions after that. Wow. Wow. That's so how are you doing now? Are you healthy? Yeah. I went into remission May of 2021. I finished my treatment. um, And then a lot of things have changed since then, you know, just her renewed strength was born out of that time, actually, because the business used to be called something else. The business was something else entirely. But God has just little by little, like shown me so many things, including what to let go of. And I have to say that before cancer, I held on to things a little longer. But after cancer, I was super fast to just let it all go. So that brings me to the first um question we had talked about some things but toxic thoughts you say can lead to toxic conversations that make us even more anxious so especially going through I mean this is (laughs) it's worthy I would say when you have little kids when you are fighting cancer um but what biblical wisdom can you share around what we say to ourselves I do this a lot with clients we you know kind of reverse toxic thoughts or put them on a truth table where they have to be backed up. So I love that you apply biblical wisdom. What, what do you have for that? 
Yeah. So the first thing that I like to remember is that the way that the world does things is not the way that I'm supposed to do things. So the way that I live my life should look different because I am set apart as a daughter of the king. And something that I thought about, especially as I was entering that season of starting chemo, because I knew it was going to be rough on the body. Mm-hmm. The regimen of chemo for the, the diagnosis I had is considered one of the worst just because the side effects are so bad and people get really, really sick, re- like the entire time. Mm. I didn't, by the way, by the grace of God, I didn't get sick at all. I didn't have like really? had maybe two or three side effects, but that that's a... That's a conversation for another day. I did do water fasts during and after chemo. So they were very effective. Um, Mm. But the verse I wanted to share, I have a couple verses. The first is Romans chapter 12, verse two, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good, pleasing and perfect will. Mm -hmm. And I love that verse because the first time I heard it, I remember thinking that it meant that I was going through a transformation. Um, And I was, I used to compete in bodybuilding and it was in that season that I had first heard this verse. So I was comparing it to like the physical transformation that I was going through, but it was really the journey of cancer that taught me what this verse actually means. And like I said, when we're living our lives, when we're making decisions, I think we benefit as believers from pausing and considering, does this look like what the rest of the world is doing? Or does this look like what a follower of Christ would do, which is typically the the unpopular thing. And as it pertains to toxic thoughts and toxic conversations, we are not supposed to be having these kinds of conversations And I think those conversations really only come out of our desire to share whatever toxic thoughts we have in our mind. So um, I serve in kids ministry and one of our house rules is we speak highly, right? And I think it's such an important rule for like everybody because so much of what we share really influences those we're interacting with. And ultimately it kind of just comes also comes back to integrity and how we operate with no one else in the room, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's one of the verses I want to share. The second verse I wanted to share is Colossians chapter three, verse two, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And I love this because I personally struggle with anxiety. My clients do. So many of my family members do. And It is really when we stop worrying about the things that are not yet happening, the things that are outside of our control, um, that we can stop and actually set our gaze on Jesus and consider the promises that are for us as believers. And it's hard when you're living by your flesh to do that because you are led by your feelings and you know, toxic thoughts are just the the processing, like the giving of words to the feelings you're feeling, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes all we're really doing is like trying to make sense of what is happening inside of us, this like hurricane of things that's happening. 
And if we do that in the presence of other people, it can be misconstrued. And that's where those conversations start to lead, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So what are the ways that you are, um, how do you take those thoughts captive mm-hmm. for, mm-hmm. for, especially for affecting your anxiety? Yeah, I have to stop whatever I'm doing and just like be present in the moment. I think that's the first thing you have to pause and exercise restraint. I think mm-hmm. something that we do because of how fast things move in today's society is just go at the speed that our thoughts are moving. And we really yeah. just have to pump the brakes and slow it down. So if you are finding yourself having this, you know, just bazooka of thoughts happening, like you're firing thoughts one after the other, and you're taking yourself down this rabbit hole. Um, I know I can think of a year's worth of problems in like just a moment, right? (laughs) You just have to stop and ask God, like, I know you don't want me to do this. So can you please help me? Can you please help this stop? Like make it stop. You know, I think so often we try to do things in our own strength, whether it's remember affirmations or start recalling memory, you know, memory verses from scripture. And I think that's fine, but we first have to seek the Lord. Like we have to ask for his help first. And that's really the nature of our relationship with him when it is happening in, in the way that it's supposed to happen. Like we're supposed to lean on him and then follow his lead. And if that well, is and ask him, if they're even true, because a lot of times they're just those displaced yeah. fears that are not even based on fact. And, oh yes. And yeah. we can find the truth in what he says about it. Yeah. Yes. So comparing your thoughts to scripture, right. I think is a big piece of that because his truth is written down for us so that we can cross cross reference. Yeah. <laughs> And then determine, you know, what is the root of, of what your issues are, what your thoughts are, you know, sometimes it's a legitimate thing that you're going through, but sometimes it's just fear about things that haven't happened for whatever reason that is. So was it harder when you, I mean, you're busy with two little kids. Mm -hmm. Did you find it harder when things are you know, fighting cancer is probably something that everyone is scared of. Mm-hmm. Did you find it? Did he just feel so close to you the whole time? Did it, did it almost some people that have gone through cancer or in my case have lost someone really close to you. Mm-hmm. He almost brings you so close at, at, at those times that you don't even feel the anxiety. I feel like I have an, I have more anxiety on a Tuesday than I did the months after my husband had passed away. Did you feel that same way? Like he brings you so close that you almost miss going through the, not the actual hard part, but it was almost like a closeness or or did you feel like you had to actively battle the anxiety in the middle of it? No, I was really at peace in that season and it didn't make sense to people. And it's so funny because like, that's exactly what the verse says, right? Like a peace that surpasses all understanding. But some people thought that I was just like lying to myself and that I was in denial of what was going on. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, I'm fully aware. You know, I have a whole bald head, you know? 
And um, part of it was because I didn't talk to a lot of people. I actually set really tight boundaries around our circle. And I also was like off of social. I didn't consume. I don't watch the news. I don't watch TV. And I wasn't consuming a lot of things. If it wasn't aligned with God, I wasn't consuming it. And I felt really supported. I felt very much held. I felt like I was in a really good place despite going through chemo. And, you know, I had to actually let some friendships go just before that season. And the Lord brought me two friends who did Bible study with me every day and prayed with me. And it was the best time because it was like the first time that I could just focus on like being at home and because I worked my whole life since I was like nine and also just reading God's word. And so if I had anxiety, it was like a moment, but the bulk of the time I was really, really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, of course there's those moments and those times where you're asking why, but it's, it's such like a, a hidden sacred blessing when you're going through a hard time, just how close your father will hold you. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's amazing. So then how did you pivot into, you help women with time management and Mm -hmm. did you want to start working right away and just kind of pay this clarity forward or how did that all happen? So I was a coach already for eight years. I started coaching like 2012 and when I started coaching or nine years, no, yeah almost nine years. And I had been coaching women in fitness and nutrition. And I I shared earlier that I used to um, compete in bodybuilding. So because of the social media thing and all of that, competitors typically don't have a hard time getting fitness clients because you already walk the walk. So people are like, show me to do what you do. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until after I was diagnosed with cancer that I started incorporating life coaching. I had already gone through a training and I just was like, I don't know, too nervous to like implement it. And so I started doing that after cancer. I'm like, I'm doing everything. There's no fear, you know? And over the course of like three years, God ended up showing me that I needed to lay down the fitness thing. Um, So I discontinued all my clients. I had all sorts of clients too primarily weight loss and nutrition. And um, I gave them all up. I sent them to other places. I discontinued programming and I went fully into life coaching. And it was over time, over those two years from 2019 to the end of 2021, that every woman I worked with, the common thread, and even a lot of the women that I worked with when I was in fitness the common thread was that they all struggled with some level of overwhelm or anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I started to see that only after a couple of people asked me, people who don't even know each other, asked me if I would consider leading a Bible study for women with anxiety. And I was like, that's really specific, you know? Um, And no, I've never thought about it because who am I, you know? And and I prayed about it and I was like, all right, Lord, I'll, I'll do like a registration page to see who wants to do Bible study. And 20 women signed up 
Mm, wow. And so that was the, it started to take me in a different direction. And so I had a different podcast even at that time. And I laid that down too. So I formally changed the name of the business after that. And, um, and I started just speaking to women with anxiety and who were struggling with some level of being overwhelmed. And the common thread, as I started to get to the root of the issues was like really poor time management, prioritizing boundaries, all the things that I had learned over the the course of my adult life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's so necessary. And that they understand that someone's been there and that they're not alone. Yeah. Exactly. So I know you have an exciting project that you're working on. Are you ready to share about it? <laughs> oh man. So I'll share a piece. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm actually hosting my first time management workshop. I've hosted several workshops in the past, but this one is going to be super robust and it is really aimed at helping women who struggle with anxiety or overwhelm stop worrying about their to-do list and, you know, help them get things done, put God at the center of their day and all the things that they're doing and figure out a time management system that actually works for them. So if that's something that speaks to y'all, you can certainly join us. It's free. It'll be an hour workshop on Zoom and you can register at herrenewedstrength.com forward slash workshop. Awesome. Well, thank you, Erica, so much for being on and for sharing your story. It's so powerful. And Ah, thank you. And also really reassuring. Yeah. Yeah. I think if I could leave just one thought with you guys is to buckle down and prioritize being in God's word because it does something that ripples out to your entire, to every person that you interact with. And it, it is the best way I think to move through any heartbreak, any hard time, any worry, anything. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you. So good to have you on. Thanks friend. I hope that you are feeling refilled after being at the well podcast. Please take a second and fill out a review. This is the only way that we know if you're enjoying the podcast and what you're enjoying about it. Also subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. And we would love to have you in our Facebook community group. The link is in each episode. We are better together at the well.